The first time Itri realized he wasn't brothers with Noah and Nathan was when he was seven years old. They'd played together for as long as he could remember. Noah was two years older than him and Nathan was only a few months younger. That night, Noah and Nathan had decided to build a tent outside and sleep under the stars. They invited Itri, who agreed with excitement. Around midnight, his mother came out screaming his name. When she found him in the same tent as them, she apologized profusely to his friends while yanking him out by his ear. You cannot stay in the same tent as them, she admonished him. Our kind must stay in a separate tent. Nathan, the younger of the two brothers, was the only one who seemed to hate that rule more than Itri. As they grew and Itri was taught how to clean the homes and tend the flocks and draw water, Nathan would always sneak him a choice piece of lamb or show him some new trinket or fabric that Nathan's father had brought back with him from traveling. Nathan would always say to Itri, why should I learn from books all day while you learn to do chores? One night, Nathan's father caught Itri and Nathan as they snuck out to try to spook some of the cattle. It was tremendous fun and they had decided to pitch a small tent in order to sleep under the stars. When Nathan's father opened the flap of the tent, Itri remembered the words of his mother and was afraid. But Nathan's father was not angry about that. Nathan's father was upset that they had spooked the cattle. Those animals are entrusted to us. They are not things to be taken advantage of for our amusement. Nathan's father said in his low, somber voice. <laughs> like Itri, Nathan retorted. Itri and Nathan's father both did not understand what he meant. Nathan explained, his face full of indignation and scorn. Itri cooks and cleans and serves us. He doesn't get to read the books that we get to read. Is he not then just an animal for our own amusement? Itri had never thought of this before. Nathan's father apparently had. He sighed heavily. Yes, my boys, the world is unfair, but in it we can still choose to be good. Itri, the father looked into Itri's eyes, level to level. Itri, would you like to learn the things that Nathan is learning? Itri hadn't thought about it before, but he didn't need to think very long. Itri nodded. Then ask me, and you shall have it. Itri had rarely talked to Nathan's father, but still, he managed with a small voice to squeak out, Master, may I learn what they are learning? Nathan's father said, As you ask, so shall I give. Itri couldn't help beaming with a smile. Nathan's pout lingered. Itri had expected Noah to help him the way that he helped Nathan. Noah did not. Whenever Itri asked Noah for help, Noah would respond, <laughs> Man must make his own way. And quickly Itri realized he was better off without Noah's help. Every time Nathan made a mistake, Noah wouldn't let him forget for a week. Every time Nathan was too slow or forgot something, Noah would roll his eyes back and sigh. <sighs> Every time Nathan thought to share his opinion, Noah would tell him that he was too young, didn't know anything. The only time that Noah would not behave that way was the days when Noah's father came to help teach them. 
Those days, Noah would be on his best behavior, always saying, yes, sir, and of course. Ichri decided it was better to learn without Noah's help. Noah did ask for Ichri's help on occasion. Noah would want to know if Ichri's friends would come to his secret parties, especially the girls. The first time Ichri did help him, but then his friend Dila came back to him with tears streaking down her cheeks. Noah told him it was an honest mistake, a misunderstanding, and that Itri shouldn't tell his father. Noah's father never knew about the parties that he went to. After that, Itri always made excuses for why none of his friends were able to go to Noah's parties. Nathan was different. Nathan always wanted to come with Itri to the gatherings of the servants. The first few times, the other servants thought it was strange, but they got used to it. They even laughed with Nathan and told him some of the jokes in their own tongues. Nathan was the one who had introduced Itri to Malia. She was a shy girl, but Itri immediately fell head over heels for her. But she was from a different tribe, and her family had different gods. Some of his other friends told Itri that she would not be a good wife. Doesn't matter, Nathan would tell Itri. If you want her, you should go after her. Nathan was very convincing. So Itri sought after Malia, wooed her as best and as awkwardly as he could. She thought it sweet and endearing. Finally, she relented. But her master did not want to give her up. So Itri did the only thing he could think of to do. He went to the father and asked for help. The father listened to Itri's tale of longing, nodding along. At the end, he stroked his long beard and said, Hmm, all people should be allowed to love whom they want, but we should be wise in deciding who we want for the heart is often fickle and deceitful. Are you sure you want this woman and this woman wants you? Itri hesitated, but then remembered Nathan's words and nodded his head. Nathan's father went to talk with Malia's master. He came back with Itri's wife. Itri was glad that his master was so caring. Then one day, Itri was coming back in from a long day in the field. He found the brothers and their father in heated argument, with Malia between them. The father turned to Itri. Tell him, he told Malia. With tears in her eyes, Malia looked at Itri and she confessed. I have lain with one of the brothers. The words rang in Itri's ears. He immediately cast his enraged gaze upon Noah but Noah stood tall and proud, no guilt on his shoulders. So Itri looked at Nathan, and Nathan could not look his friend in the eyes. Instead, Nathan turned to his father with rage. Why would you tell him? He didn't have to know. The father said calmly, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Nathan scoffed. You and your stupid rules. Everything would have been fine if not for your insufferable rules. They only restrict people from having real happiness. 
Then a dark idea fell upon Nathan's face. Well, you have your rules. I may as well make use of them. Nathan turned to his father and stood as tall as he could, yet he still seemed so small. Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. Noah and Itri were both equally shocked. The inheritance was passed when the father died. To ask of it before was to say that his father was dead to him. The father could barely muster a voice. Nathan, he gasped, but Nathan held firm. I have asked. As if the very life was leaving him, the father replied, As you ask, so shall I give. Nathan left without ever looking at Itri in the face. Many moons passed. Nathan had left. He had gone west, but no one knew anything more than that. Mitri could not bear to see his wife, Malia. He built a tent for himself, away from all the rest. He would rise and do his work and then go back to his tent at night. He felt like there was no life in him. Every night he returned, he found a hot meal waiting for him. Every morning, a cold basket of food would be outside his tent. Because of that, Itri began to see that every sunrise, the father would be standing on the western ridge of their land, right outside his tent, and look out to the west as the sunlight revealed the horizon. And every night, the father would stand on that same ridge until the last rays of gold fell below that same line. It was a breezy evening, and Itri saw that the father had not brought his cloak. So Itri took one from his tent and went up to him. The father, grateful, wrapped it around his shoulders. Together they watched the sun go down. The father did not move. The moon shone on them both and the empty plain before them. You should forgive her, the father said. Itri felt something in his heart stir. How? How can I forgive her? He asked the father. The father gazed up at the moon as if hearing a voice whisper to him. We forgive because we choose to, because she is your family, because to love is to forgive. Yitri's eyes welled with tears, but she hurt me so deeply. The moonlight shone into the father's eyes, also full of tears. The greater the hurt, the greater the forgiveness required. But if that forgiveness is there, then greater the joy when it is received. The father turned to look at Itri. At least she is here to receive it. Itri looked out onto the moonlit plain. Why don't you go after him? The father searched the shadows. A rustling could be seen in the distance. Both of their hearts rose. Then a deer bolted out from a bush. The father sighed in disappointment. My forgiveness is available, but for it to be received, it has to be wanted. I know not where he is, but he knows where I am. I hope that he knows enough of me to know that I will be here waiting. 
They stood for a long while, until the cold began to cut through their clothes. Then the father walked Itri back to his tent. Without thinking, Itri turned and said, Father, he caught himself, overstepping his role. But the father did not seem disturbed at all. Yes, my son, the father said. Thank you, Itri said, for the food every day. The father smiled with broad, wrinkled cheeks. Oh, that wasn't me. That was Malia. The next morning, Itri arose early. He waited for Malia to come to bring him his breakfast. When she arrived, he opened the flap of his tent. She was so surprised, then she flung herself down at his feet. I'm sorry, my husband, she pleaded. I know I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am unworthy to be your wife. I only can beg that you forgive me. Itri took her in his arms. He whispered, as you ask, so shall I give. When they had both calmed, Itri asked the question he had longed to know the answer for. My wife, whom I have forgiven, I simply want to know, why? Why did you long for another? Malia stiffened, but as Itri wrapped his arms around her, she relaxed. Because he wanted me, she responded. In my old household, if the master or one of his sons wanted a woman, she had to want him back. Those were the rules of the world. Itri held her tightly. I am glad that those are not the rules of this house. Malia rubbed his hands gently and responded, Me too. They held each other for a long while, but Itri could tell there was something more. Malia shifted and looked at him. I have something else to tell you. That night, it, it, it was Nathan, but for months prior, it was Noah. of it, Noah said defiantly. Why didn't you ever tell me, Itri implored. Noah simply shrugged. <laughs> it was none of my business. It was unfortunate that my father caught my brother, but that was always his way, never thinking. I wanted her. She was a servant. This is my household. It was within my right. Itri could not believe Noah's callousness, but, but I thought we were friends. Noah had to hold back his laughter. <laughs> you and I do not stay together. Your kind must stay in separate tents. 
Itri did not talk with Noah much after that, other than for the business reasons that the family needed. And Noah seemed to be all about business these days. The amount his brother took had been a dent into the household ledgers. Although the effects seemed to be only on paper, Noah seemed hell-bent on replacing it. Whenever his friends came calling for him to go, Itri would see them leave disappointed with Noah having some work-related excuse. After a while, Noah's friends stopped coming. That was when Itri realized that he missed Nathan. Not the Nathan who had betrayed him, but the Nathan who had been his friend. Nathan who had treated him like an equal. That was also when Itri knew that he had already forgiven his friend. Itri began standing up on the ridge with the father every morning and every night. It was there that the father first met Itri's son. What is his name? The father asked. If you would be willing, I want to name him Nathan. The father smiled. Many more wrinkles now lined his face. <laughs> As you ask, so shall I give. As the father held Itri's son in his arms, Itri noticed a figure approaching over the horizon. He had long hair, was withered thin, but the gait was unmistakable. Itri took back his son and pointed. father's face lit up. He began to run down the ridge as fast as he could go. Itri hurried back to the camp to give his son back to Malia and called the other servants. When Itri got back to the plane, he found the father hugging and kissing Nathan. Nathan was overcome. He flung himself down to the ground and begged, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And Itri could tell that Nathan had more prepared, but the father scooped him back up. The father turned to Itri and said, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead is alive again. He was lost and is found. Itri smiled at them both and responded. As you ask, so shall I give.
pitched a giant tent and filled it with music and food. As the celebrations raged, Nathan came and pulled Itri aside. Nathan knelt before him and asked in full contrition, I am sorry, my friend. I truly am. Will you, Itri picked him up, and you are forgiven, my friend. You truly are. But tell me, you were going to say more to your father earlier. What were you going to say to him? Nathan's face softened. He looked off in the distance. I had prepared to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And then Nathan looked at Etri. And I was going to say, Treat me as one of your hired servants. Etri laughed out loud. He embraced his friend and said, We should all be so lucky. A while later, Itri went outside of the tent for more food. That was when he saw Noah standing off in the distance. Itri walked over to him and saw a scowl on his face. What's going on? Noah growled. The glow of the fires under the tent looked morbid on Noah's face. Itri had compassion on him. Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. You should come in and see him. Noah clenched his teeth. He grabbed Itri's cloak and pulled him close, snarling. How can you welcome him back after what he did to you? Itri held Noah's arm and calmly responded. I do the same for you. But Noah was listening. He was looking past Itri at his father. His father entreated him, but Noah answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? father came and put his arm on Noah, causing him to drop Beatrice's cloak. The father said to Noah, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this, your brother, was dead and is alive. He is lost and is found. Beatrice added, Please, Noah, come into the tent and celebrate with us. Noah shoved Itri aside. 
He turned and walked out into the darkness. Itri looked at the father's tear-streaked face. Will you go after him? Itri asked. I am willing, but for me to be received, I have to be wanted. He knows where I am. I hope that he knows enough of me to know that I will be here waiting. Itri looked in at the tent at Nathan, then back out into the shadows where he could no longer see his older brother. He held the father's hand and said, As will I.